Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. Industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Kenneth, question number one, who are you and what do you do? So, yeah, Ken Foster. I'm uh, currently VP of uh, IT Risk Governance Compliance at Fleet Corps uh, and other duties as assigned, as I like to say, everybody, because I kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything, uh, you know, global, global function so it's uh, it's never a dull moment in the fintech space so you know it kind of keeps us busy nice ken do you have space on your business card for any additional titles or uh, things that you oversee you know truthfully i don't because it's it's funny you bring that up somebody brought that up to me the other day and they said you always have the longest titles uh, and i was in uh you know it's over my career even when i was just I had a CISO title, but I also ran all of IT operations and engineering for an, for another Fortune 500 company. And, you know, it's one of those deals where I was like, I don't know how to get all this on my uh, uh, on my business card. And I told somebody sometime, I'm just going to change it to something that nobody knows what it is and, uh, and leave it at that, right? <laughs> you get completely nerd out and be like, yeah. I'm Foster, Dungeon Rat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Ken... You know why? Why do you love being a cybersecurity and and an IT and a crazy professional with that? So I think the big thing for me, what got me into this way back in the day when I first started in this industry, which um, realistically was before we ever called it information assurance, or I, I mean before we called it cyber, we called it information assurance. While I was in the Navy, uh, I'm and even pre that, I've always been a tinker. I've always had a, a, a desire to um, to learn new things and take stuff apart and figure out how stuff works. And I think that kind of, you know, like when you look at purely what the, I think the definition of a hacker is, that's kind of what you like to do. You like to take things, you like to figure out how it works and figure out and go there. I mean, I'll never consider myself a hacker. I'm not that smart. Uh, but <laughs> I do like to tinker, right? And, you know, uh, Back in the day, working on I worked on missile radar systems and learned how to do all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, well, this computer thing kind of seems like it might take off. So let me start tinkering with that and uh, led me into playing video games on them in the early days and then leading to tune them and figure out how to make them run better. And then I was like, oh, well, let's build a network so we can do it together so we can play games together while we're out on the ship. So that led me into learning how to build networks and do all that stuff. And it's just been that continuing thing. Whatever caught my eye, caught, made it interesting. And then when you get into pure cybersecurity nowadays, and, and that's where I've been focused for the last, uh, call it six years, seven years, kind of purely on the cyber side, is it's a never-ending puzzle and challenge to figure out. And like you said, things happen fast. There's always somebody coming at you with a new thing you haven't thought of or a new way you, a new approach to something that you didn't uh, think about. So it's a continuous opportunity to learn and, and figure out new ways to do things. And sometimes you're going to be better at it. Sometimes you're not. Um, so there's a downside to it, but it's still, it's still fun and still interesting. And I've often said, if I ever felt bored or felt trapped and couldn't move or change and do that, I'd go do something else. Well, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and the one thing about it is you never really feel trapped or, or nothing new coming at you. It's a constant constant change. No, that's amazing. And that's why I love being in there, too. Uh, Ken, thank you for your service. I was Army, so don't hold that against me, but thank you for, for being in the Navy. And 
And so let's let's bump into like the worldly question, right? We hear cybersecurity is a top concern, but but what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, it's a top concern, uh, I think, in general, because it's a it it is the way it can be monetized easy, so it's an easy way for people to make a, a living at it, right? And 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 um, but I think the top concern is is you have to understand your company, your business, what those risks are. And then you have to build a program and a strategy around defending what you can, measure what matters, figure out what is going to be the thing that puts your risk level at the right uh, appetite for you and your company, and then build a program around that. You can't fix everything. You can't stop everything. You can't solve everything. But you do have to figure out what's important and the things that matter. And then you have to build a program. And then, like I said, measure it measure that program, measure how effective it is, make sure you're staying into that risk level. And that is what I think is the way you have to look at this. Because if you try to go out there and go, well, the book says, or the standard says, or the framework says, I have to do all these things, you're always going to have, uh, you're never going to get ahead of it. You're never going to be able to look like you're making improvement. And I'm not saying you're tuning it green, what I'm saying is you figured out the things that are most important about the, jo- the the company, the job, the effort that you're doing, and you're putting the appropriate controls and the appropriate things in place. Keep it into a manageable job. Does it mean that bad things are still not, are, you know, you're never going to stop everything, but you could minimize the risk. You can minimize the uh, the effects if something does. And like I said, sometimes you just got to go, it's going to happen, but how fast can I detect it? How fast can I respond to it? And how fast can I minimize that? Uh, I think our term we love to use nowadays is the blast radius, right? Is how, how, how can I limit that to, uh, to something that is manageable and something that can this shows that we did everything within reason about the data that we knew at the point when we built this and that we continuously monitor and continuously update it but we are doing everything within reason to protect what we need to protect. What other insight do you want to share with our network of cyber professionals? Uh, get out and share your knowledge. I, I'm big about it. You know, I like, I love, that's why one of the reasons when you reached out, why I agreed to do this. I think if we are think if we think we're doing something super special and we're not sharing that knowledge with other people who are maybe had don't have the same experiences we do, we are doing a disservice to the community. It's also a way for us to get out in front of people who are not cybersecurity folks, get out in front of HR HR teams, legal teams, business teams, not just IT. ITs nowadays has got a pretty good understanding of it, but they still need some guidance and coaching going forward. What we really need to do is get people to understand why this is a team sport and all of the everything that everybody's doing matters about this and what their piece can affect and how they can help us, how they can be a sensor. And it also helps us recruit and bring new mindset, new thinking into our industry. Uh, I've, I've often said this. Uh, you hear in the news every day that our industry has got negative unemployment and it's so hard to find talent. I don't think the talent is hard to find. It's there. The talent, it's hard to get those other people who are involved in us acquiring talent to understand that, hey, we don't need these 
degree requirements. We don't need these experience requirements. You know, it's a running joke nowadays is the, uh, hey, I've got a job description that I need somebody with seven years experience for something that's only been around for four years, right? So uh, what we've got to do is get the barrier to conversation lowered, not the entry point, but the com- at least allow us to have conversations. Because I can find the right person with the right attitude, the right attitude, and the ability to learn, then meet. And that's another thing I'm going to get on my other soapbox on this retention recruiting thing. We as seasoned senior people need to be willing to build into our program the, the effort and put the effort into train people. We don't need to buy, find that purple unicorn who knows every uh, every tool that I've got and has worked in every facet of cybersecurity that I can't afford. <laughs> right? uh, what we really need to be doing is looking for people who want to be in this industry and who are willing and have that thirst for knowledge, pay them appropriately, train them appropriately, and keep them interested in working for you. Bounce them around the different roles until we find the thing that they are thrilled to do. Right. It's about be it's about building that culture and that thing where you've got a team that is thrilled to be working on what they are working on. But make sure there's opportunities and have that regular conversation dialogue with them and go, Are you sure this is what you like doing? What can we do different? What would you rather be doing? And we can work through that and build out that career progression. And that I think right there is the thing that we do the worst in this industry. Uh we burn people out, throw them away and go find the next person who's willing to work. 20 hours a day. Seth. Yeah, it's very true. And I, I agree with you on that. I, I appreciate you bringing that up to our community because I think people forget that if if I move towards cybersecurity and I'm hungry to learn, I'm going to eat up whatever training you give me. And you could train me however you need me to work for you. And I'm, I'm going to last long because I understand the process. So, yeah, I, I tell this joke just like you said about the, you know, seven years of experience, but only been around for four. I recently saw a job application. It was an entry-level analyst, one to three years of experience, recommended CISSB. So we all know you can't get that until you're five years in. So five years in. And and the CISSB, I mean, I think it's great information, but it's a mile wide and and an inch deep, right? So... Uh, is that necessarily the, should that necessarily be the barrier for entry? No. Does it say that somebody's got a general knowledge about a lot of stuff? Yes. And at a certain point in your career, that probably is a good path to be going down. Early on in your career, it's probably not exactly the right path to be going down. Well, Ken, last question, fun question for you. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Oh, retro tech, huh? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I think I've still, I've still got a couple old, uh, I got some old firewalls and old switches that I still play around with every now and then. You know, it's, it's previous lab life, right? I've, I've, I've had hardware over the years from, uh, I've, I've probably had more hardware in my house at one point than some businesses have to run their business just over the years of collecting it. But, uh, you know, uh, if when we're talking pure technology, it's just playing around with some of that early stage switch gear, network gear, firewall gear, and looking at how simple it was, uh, and and ultimately look at how, how uh, 
what the complexity that the modern piece has come on top of it, right? So, uh, you know, and then outside of our world and the computer stuff, you know, I'm still, I still do like to do some analog things, you know, figure some stuff out on myself, on my own, still like to write some stuff out on paper every now and then. And uh, if, I, if I'm going to set a retro technology, I still enjoy sitting down with an actual book and 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 turning the page and and reading the book uh you know audiobooks sometimes are convenience but I, I really do sit down and enjoy being able to read an actual book and turn a page every now and then so i love it, love it. ken thank you so much for being on the cyber pro podcast oh yeah absolutely thank you for watching the cyber pro podcast don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content